Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. As a Christ-centered community, our mission is to create space for all people to experience the compassionate love of the Father and the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today recorded live inside the Wilson Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. Today is the last Sunday of the series that we've been doing on the names of God. And this is, I thought this was so good that we would finish this series on the name Emmanuel because next Sunday we will be jumping into the Advent season, the coming, the advent of Christ coming into the earth. What a better name to talk about today than Emmanuel and what's in this name. And we'll discover a little bit of that as we go through today's uh, sermon Oh, last Sunday, I mean, if you weren't here last Sunday, what a beautiful time of prayer and just, just crying out for healing in the name of Jesus. And people came forward and we prayed for one another. It was beautiful. It's beautiful to be to church. Thank you so much for participating in that. And what made me think about how, and this is kind of like, we'll just give the end of the service away. The reality is, is Christ comes to live in us through faith and then we become God with people here on earth because of what the Holy Spirit does through us. Right, that's what the church does. We become real-life examples, pictures, if you will, of Jesus here on the earth. I don't know. That should excite you a little bit. It should make you a little nervous, but also make you excited that God, God trusts himself with me. And he comes to live in us, and he comes to live in you, and he comes to, to, to be himself here on the planet. And so we got a, got a little slideshow we'll do today just to keep us, keep us moving and the first, the first one is where we get this, this idea of Emmanuel. And so you might see sometimes Emmanuel spelled with an E too, okay? So Emmanuel with an I would be Hebrew. Emmanuel with an E would be Greek. It's the, those darn Romans, you know, like we, used to, we blame everything on the Russians. Well, they blamed everything on the Romans back then. It was them that changed it. But this is in this passage of Scripture, in the, in the prophecy that came through Isaiah... The Hebrew name for Emmanuel means the same thing that it does in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, where it says, See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel. So the one is the prophecy. The next one is the reality. It's translated God with us, or God is with us. Do you know that today, that God is with us today? Do you, can you imagine what it would feel like on this planet if God wasn't with us? You think it's bad now? You think you've had some tough days? Think how bad it would be if God just removed his presence from the earth. So just be encouraged today. Like, that's the only thing you get out of today. God is with you today, right here, right now. Can you breathe that in today? Can you just, yeah, man, it's not so bad because God is with us. Well, this reality is, is a word called incarnation. So remember, we want, to, we want you to know things, we want you to feel things, we want you to do things as you leave. Right, Charlotte? You ready? You ready for this, Charlotte? I want you to know some things, I want you to feel some things, and I want you to do some things as you leave today. Well, the incarnation literally means embodied in flesh or taking on flesh. It refers to the conception and birth of a sentient. I'd never heard that word before. Sentient, which actually means able to perceive or feel things. Isn't it good news that Jesus came to the earth able to perceive and to feel 
things, to feel what it is that you feel, to walk where you've walked. This being is the material manifestation of an entity, God, or force whose original nature is immaterial. And we've always been fascinated by incarnational stories, right? Someone otherworldly coming to earth to save the day, super beings intervening in human history. Can you think of anyone? Wait, where are we going here? Why didn't it go? I went the other way, sorry. Very anticlimactic when I go the wrong direction. You know any fictional characters? Can you think of anyone? Like that guy right there? Yeah, like Superman coming on the scene. Like we're all like, oh man, if Superman would just show up, if he would just come to the earth. Well, you realize there are some similarities between Jesus and Superman? I mean, this is not biblical. Like don't take the, like, oh dude, that was like the deepest teaching I've ever heard. You know, Jesus was sent by his father to save man. He came as a baby. Superman was sent by his father as a baby in a small spacecraft. A little different, right? Came to save and, you know, guide earth's people. Jesus was raised by a surrogate foster family. Joseph and, his, and Mary. Superman was raised by a surrogate foster family. Jonathan and Martha Kent. Superman had superpowers. Jesus had the power to conquer sin and death. Superman's arch enemy, Lex Luthor. Jesus' enemy, Lucifer. Obviously the most important difference is that Jesus was real. <laughs> I want you to think about this, this thought, the incarnation. God coming to the planet. Have you ever seen this before? Has anyone ever seen Raise your hand if you've ever seen this before. I want you to understand the power of Jesus coming here. To this place. Spaceship Voyager uh, launched back in 1977. And on Valentine's Day 1990, probably around the same time that Bailey was, that we knew Bailey was on her way to Earth. <laughs> one last picture was taken. They, they sent a message to Voyager, say, hey, take one, turn around, take one last picture, if you will, and send it to us. So Voyager takes this picture and it sends 60 images. And in these 60 images, each image had 640,000 pixels in each image. And it took five and a half hours per pixel to download. Think how long that took. You know, you think your internet's slow at your home? Yeah, that thing was spinning for a long, long months. And when they got the picture back, this is what they see. They see this pale blue dot suspended in a beam of light. One astronomer says it's a mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. For the rest of us, that's the Earth. 3.7 billion miles away, the picture was taken. And you, me, and everyone else lives there. Anyone who's ever lived has lived there. Does that make you feel small today? What it should make you feel is pretty significant and pretty loved because Jesus chose to come and visit that planet. God with us, this is Charles Spurgeon, he had this to say about the incarnation. He says, for the hallowed creator of the world did walk on this globe. He who made 10,000 orbs, each of them more mighty and more vast than this earth, became the inhabitant of the tiny planet. 
He who was from everlasting to everlasting came to this world of time and stood on the narrow neck of land between two massive seas. God with us. He has not lost that name. Jesus had that name on earth and he has it now in heaven. He's still Emmanuel. He's still God with us. Here's a little bonus no that you can take home with you. The pre-incarnate Christ. The times where scholars believe that Jesus showed up to different people throughout history. And one was in Genesis 18 when he came to Abraham. And another was in Genesis chapter 32 when he appeared to Jacob. Actually, they believe it was him who wrestled with Jacob. Can you imagine? Man, I don't know if I want to wrestle with Jesus, but Jacob held his own. They wrestled all night long. And it wasn't until Jesus used his superpowers and struck his hip that Jesus was able to get away. Because Jacob would not let go. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means, for I have seen the face, or I've seen God face to face. Many theologians refer to this appearances of God in these passages and others like them as theophanies. God, or Greek being theos, means God. Um, Thano, or Phaino, whatever you, however you want to say it, means to appear, or we call them Christophanies. So these words mean appearances of God, appearances of Christ. The Old Testament also mentions the angel of the Lord on several occasions. I don't think it was the same angel that came to Mary and to Joseph and spoke to them. But an angel of the Lord would make an appearance. Like There's an example in Judges 13 where an angel appeared to Manoah's wife to tell her that she would give birth to Samson. Some would say maybe it was the, uh, the fourth person in the fire with a, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was Jesus in a pre-incarnate version of himself, walking God with them in the fire. So turn in your Bible to John chapter 1. It's a great passage of the incarnation of the, of the Emmanuel, of Jesus coming to the earth. So take a look. John chapter 1. The little passage that I put up there is, is a snippet from the message version of the Bible that just reads a little bit different. It reads in such a way that kind of makes it feel a little closer to home, right? The word became flesh and blood moved into the neighborhood. I love that thought. So John chapter 1, you have it in your own copy of Scripture there. Very familiar passage of Scripture. It's a, it's a great passage of Scripture to use when we are defending our faith and we're talking about who Jesus was, that Jesus was God in the flesh. He wasn't just a God. He was God and the significance of that. So it says, in the beginning was the word. Another word for that is the logos. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was... And the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He's talking about Jesus now. 
It says, he came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God, born of the spirit. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He observed his, his, uh, we observed his glory, the glory of the one and only son and the father full of grace and truth. It says, John testified concerning him and exclaimed, This was the one of whom I said, the one coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. There's a picture of the theophany. He existed before. He was, Jesus was there before John ever existed. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son, who is himself God and is at the Father's side. He has revealed him. Jesus has revealed God. Jesus is a one-of-kind, one-of-a-kind God expression. Here's just a few more passages of Scripture that speak into the incarnation, to the reality of Jesus coming to the earth. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 8, it says that we should adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited or something to be held on to. Some passages say something to be grasped. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And, he had, and he, when he had come, it says, as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to death, to the, or obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. And while I was studying this, while I was actually looking at this particular slide, thinking through it, there was a song on, and the song, one of the lyrics said, what other king leaves his throne? Who does this? Who leaves a place of power and authority to come to the earth, to become like a servant? Who, what king does this? Your king and my king. That's the kind of king that he is. That's, that's who he is. And that's who he wants us to be as well. Willing to lay aside. Willing to take on the very nature of a servant. And become obedient. Even if it means being obedient to death. Another one, Colossians 1-15. through I love this passage of scripture. He is the visible or the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, it says, the sun is the radiance, all right? So the radiance of God's glory is the true light. Remember what it says in John chapter 1? He came, he was the life in the light of men. He came to shine in the darkness. He is the true light of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature. Sustaining all things by his powerful word, after making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This, this phrase, exact representation, the Greek word for that really is the word character. They say it in a more fancy way. And I don't even try sometimes. It just sounds like I'm being like silly trying to say those words. But the, the word literally means an exact facsimile of. An exact carving, exact rendering of the nature of God was placed in the nature of Jesus. It's a stamp, if you will. Actually, it's a perfect example of God stamped in Jesus. And ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you, his desire for your life is the same kind of expression. 
Isn't that awesome? Think about that. He wants to stamp himself in you so that wherever you go, you are him to other people. Do you get that? Now, I understand. Here's the deal, though. We live in this awful thing called the flesh. And, man, it gets in the way all of the time. Like deep down inside, I desire, Charlotte, to be like Jesus. I do. And then I get out of bed. And then I get selfish. And I get tired. I don't feel good. I get hungry and I get frustrated with other people. And man, if people would just, if they would just get it. <laughs> you know, you ever feel that way? Anybody ever feel that way? Raise your hand if you felt that way, right? Yeah, Vince, you know anybody like that, man? Or like everyone, yeah, you, yeah, that's right. Amen, he's like, just being honest, it's me. My desire deep down inside, though, is to be that exact representation. I want to be like Jesus so that when people see Brady, they see, man, there's something different about you. The qualities that you have, the character that you express, the light that you shine is different than what, we, what else, the, the other things we see here on this earth. We don't, we don't see it. It's, it's got to be other than, otherworldly. I love this passage in the book of Hebrews. Kind of, a, kind of a picture for us why the incarnation was so necessary. Listen to what it says. It says, now since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these. We're having this conversation just the other day. Like why, why was it necessary for Jesus to be born in the flesh? Why did, why did he have to come to a, a woman, to a mother? Why was that necessary? It says he had to share, he had to have flesh and blood so that through his death, he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. Which is really the only thing, or the, I wouldn't say the only thing, because we fear a lot of things, but it's the last thing that we should fear if we know Jesus, right? Like we really, like if God is with me and I know him, man, I don't have to worry about what's going to happen after I die. For it is clear that he who does not reach out to help angels, but to help Abraham's offspring. That's us. Can you say, hey, look at the person next to you. Say, you are Abraham's offspring. You look oddly familiar, kind of like Abraham. Like, that's your, I see your father in you. Yeah. Father Abraham, right? Had many sons and daughters. Don't want to leave out the women. But we, because of our faith in Jesus, we are Abraham's offspring. Therefore, he had to be like his brothers and sisters in every way so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in the matters pertaining to God to make atonement for the sins of the people. Jesus had to have blood, y'all. Like he had to be a human being walking with blood in his skin or in his, inside of, underneath his flesh, in his veins, so that when he died and the blood was, sh the blood was shed, he provided atonement for the sins of the people. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So Jesus had to walk in that. He, had, he was fully man, fully God. He had to have the same makeup as our body. But his blood was wholly different than ours. He was perfect, sinless. For since he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are tempted. So you can't say, man, Jesus just doesn't understand what I'm going through, the temptations that I'm struggling with. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. I promise he does. All right, we're going to jump to the end of the book of Revelation where we see the final, the final picture of this incarnational life that we're all going to have together where we're all going to be, we're all going to dwell with God forever. 
Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. It says, look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. They will be his peoples and God himself will be with them and will be their God. We're not experiencing that in its fullness right now, but we will someday. We've talked a lot recently about the deposit of the Holy Spirit that comes to live in us. And so that's how he is with us wherever we go. But someday we will be with God himself. And he will be with us. The fact that he's always been, he is right now, always will be, should make you feel something. Ladies and gentlemen, it should cause you to feel something inside of you. It should give you hope, make you feel loved, give you peace, express joy, which is a great segue into the next few weeks as we talk about Advent, the coming of those things into the world through Jesus. Hope, love, peace, and joy. And you can have that because God is with you right here, right now, in whatever mess you brought into this room. And whatever it is that you're going to take out of here with you. Is that good news, Pat? It's good news, isn't it? Yeah. So what are we supposed to do? So I'm going to go back to this passage. So the word became flesh and blood, moved into the neighborhood. And we saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. I get some marching orders for us. Generous inside and out, true from start to finish. These are the people that we are supposed to be. I'm going to give you just a few things to think about. So the first and most important do that I think we must all do, and hopefully all, most of you have done that if you're in this room, is the most important thing is to put your hope and trust in Jesus Christ. Do you know that? That's the most important thing you must do. Because if you haven't done that, then the Holy Spirit doesn't live in you. God's presence is here on this earth with you, but he doesn't live in you. And so therefore, God is not with you wherever you go. When it comes to walking out these, these, these things he calls us to, it doesn't mean that God's not here. He's present. But if he's not living in you, you're missing the best part. You're missing the best part of this walk with Christ is him living inside of you wherever you are. Emmanuel, the incarnation coming to live in you through faith in Jesus Christ. And that can only happen by being born again. You've all been born once, right? Here you are. Look at yourself like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm alive. I've been born once. But in order to experience the power of the Holy Spirit living in us and through us, we must be born again. It says in John chapter 3, that reality. And look at John chapter 1 again where it says in verse 13 and 14, or verse 12 and 13, it says, But to all who did receive him, he gave them right to be children of God, and to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. So you must be born of God. And that happens by putting your faith and trust in Jesus. To receive and believe is to accept and not reject, okay? All right, the, the reality is like this. It's like God is reaching out. He's offering you something, but you must 
receive it. Have you ever heard the phrase, have you ever accepted Jesus as your Savior? Have you ever heard that phrase? That's where this comes from. It's, the, it's this reality that you must accept, you must believe it and receive it for yourself. He's reaching out. He reached out by leaving heaven and coming to earth. That's a big reach. He took a huge risk. Here he is. He's saying, all right, I'm reaching out. Are you going to accept it and believe it and make it your own? Take hold. If he's reaching out to you today, take hold. Don't, don't slap his hand away. Don't do that because he might not be reaching out for you tomorrow. It might be too late. I don't know. Like if he's reaching out, take that. And then through this power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us, Jesus becomes flesh and blood in you and moves into your neighborhood, where you're at, where God's called you, into all the different places that we go. Like John the Baptist, you're to be a witness that testifies to the light, it says, so that all might believe in Jesus. We can be light shining in dark places, right? Can I get an amen? Can you be a light shining in dark places? Do you know any dark places? Yeah, we're living in one called the earth, <laughs> called the world. We are not exact representations of Jesus, but we make it our goal to please him so that others will see him in and through us. You don't have to be Superman or Superwoman. <laughs> Just be available. Make time, make room. Create, create some margin in your life to be available to what God's calling you to do. You're called to love and forgive liberally. I'm going to ask you this question. Are you living generously inside and out with your time, with your resources, with your gifts and abilities that God has given you? Can people see the glory of the one and only Jesus in you? Did you know you are a one-of-a-kind God expression? Nobody else like Ian in all the earth. And some guys that look similar, may have a similar haircut, or maybe have the same glasses, but no one just like him. He's got a unique calling. He's got three little boys he's got to be a father to. That's unique. There's another family in this church today. They got three little boys. You guys should talk, <laughs> exchange notes, <laughs> pray for one another. Boys are just different animals, man. They are. Animal, <laughs> animals might be the right word. <laughs> You're a one-of-a-kind God expression. I'm going to show you real quick. Just some examples of some people who I believe that, I, that I've just met recently um, that are doing their best to be one-of-a-kind expressions of Jesus on the earth. The first guy is Bruce. I met Bruce a few days ago when I went to pick up a bunch of uh, boxes from Salvation Army. They were uh, through Hallmark store stuff there, and they were donating a bunch of stuff to the Day of Hope. And Bruce has been with the Salvation Army for 25 years. But he says, I've been a part of the Army. I've been a part of the church since I was five years old. And he lives and breathes the cause that the church has to bless and to help other people. And they, their warehouse is down in a pretty um, seedy place in town, down in the city. And they just, they're the hands and feet of Jesus down there. The other one's Jody. Jody on the right. Jody uh, serves in a ministry up in St. Joe, uh, Midland Ministries is the name of the ministry, but they have a thing called Southside Youth Outreach. And they serve some hard kids in a hard part of town. And they've been doing it faithfully for years. And they literally, they will do anything to get kids in the door to hear about Jesus. 
like they play this game. They play cow tongue football. Do you ever anybody ever played cow tongue football? I know some of you have. Yeah, some of my kids have played. That's like tongue of a cow, and they use it for the football. And they play like um, they just throw it around, and people catch it and run with it to score touchdowns. That's weird, isn't it? But they think maybe if some kid won't like. There's people we've invited to come to church. They're not going to show up to church. It's not cool. It's not fun. But, man, cow tongue football, I'm in. And while they're there, Jody is the hands and feet of Jesus to them. Like, she loves those kids. And sometimes they'll work and work and work, and maybe only five kids will show up, but they don't care. They'll just love those five kids because those five kids matter. Then one of the most generous people that I know is my big brother. His name's Martin. Talk about a radical transformation in a life. My brother was mean. I've got the scars to prove it. <laughs> he was he was a heathen. He just he just cared about himself. He didn't care about anybody else. And then he met Jesus. And he became one of the most generous people I've ever met. But real quick, if you would just think, think about my family for a little bit. I have an older sister named Jeannie that they just discovered she has breast cancer. And I have a younger brother who's 44 years old. And they found this huge mass in his chest. And it might be cancer. They don't know. They're going to they're gonna both end up at KU Med Center. And pray for my mom. She does not like KU Medical Center. My dad died there. And my little brother spent about a year in and out of there getting cancer treatment when he was 17 years old. She does not want to come back there. But she'll do it because my mom loves that way. That's just who she is. But if you would just pray for Jeannie and for Chris. Um, we'll all be together on Thanksgiving Day. I know that's being selfish, but you know what? That's one of the benefits, one of the perks of being your pastor is to ask you to pray for my family. If you would do that, I'd appreciate it. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Here's some practical examples of how we can be the visible, visible image of the invisible Jesus here on earth. We're going to walk out of this room and we're going to scatter to multiple locations and we're going to be able to accomplish more because of that. Because the Holy Spirit lives in each one of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus. You can open up your home. You can host a Bible study, share a meal, listen to someone's story. There's something powerful about inviting someone over and say, just tell me your story. Man, once they get started, Trish and I have experienced this a lot. Once they get started, two hours later, they're still going because everybody has a story. In it. Whether you believe it or not, they want to share it. Sharing your own story shows Others, how Jesus has impacted you. Um, love each other well. Love each other well. Like we loved each other last Sunday morning, but don't just let it be on a Sunday morning. Love each other well throughout the rest of the week. Just open a door for someone. Just be kind to people. Just let your kindness shine a light. Young kids, kids, listen. It doesn't take that much. Just be kind to your friends. If you're kind to people that nobody else is being kind to, or is it like, what's up with that? I'm just being Jesus, because that's what Jesus would do. Praying for and blessing the person that's serving you. Go out to eat after you leave here today. Get crazy. I know this is not crazy for some of us, but get crazy. Say, hey, is there any way I can pray for you today? We're going to pray for our meal. Can I pray for you today? 
99 out of 100 will say, yes, please, I promise you. Now, you might get the one today, but you know what? If you get turned down, you just graduated from Persecution University, all right? Just say, boom, suffering for Jesus, all right? He just said, no, that's not really that big of a deal. Now, if they pull out a gun and shoot you, then it's a whole other deal, but hopefully that doesn't happen. We don't live in those countries yet, so... Praise God. Pick up the check for someone else. Maybe you see a family and you're thinking, you know what? It's a young family. I'm sure things are pretty tight, but here they are. They're eating. Man, just say, you know what? Let me take care of it for them. Sending someone a text uh, message or a note to encourage them. You'll never know when uh, your outstretched hand will be just what they needed at just the right time. Anybody ever been affected by that? Like somebody just at the right time reached out to you? Just raise your hand if you've been affected that way. All right? If you've been affected, that will you be that person? Like, man, you just, if, there, if for some reason God brings you to, their, to your mind, send them a message. Just say, hey, just thinking about you today and praying for you. How are you doing? Just like that. It doesn't take that long. You know, it might be that they're literally on the edge ready to jump off. And their phone buzzes in their pocket and it's you. It just takes a little bit of time. A warm smile, handshake, or a hug doesn't cost much. Becoming a foster or an adoptive parent. Now, now we're getting, amen, we're getting, we're getting there. Uh, ask me about Care Portal. Get involved in Care Portal. Figure out ways you can bless families that are walking with families that are going through that. Let's support the Division of Family Services or what it was, what's it called? Ch children's Division. Yeah. Serve at Parkville Women's Clinic as a mentor to men. Or be an advocate for the clients. Talk to my wife about that. Volunteer a day of hope if you can. Pick up a food box if you can. Serve right here at the Calling Community Church to be Jesus to the people who walk in. What happened? Like, like we give up? Boom, there it is. Uh, go with Brady Rogers on a faith adventure into the inner city. Some of these will be more costly and riskier than others. <laughs> but here's the thing. If, the, if your king can leave his throne, you can leave your comfort zone. Okay? Easy to remember, right? If the king can leave his throne, you can leave your comfort zone. We're going to get ready for communion. We're going to get ready to come and be thankful for what it is Jesus has done for us. So come in response to the incarnation of Jesus, Emmanuel, on this earth that led or leads to your salvation. Come with that kind of gratitude. Spurgeon said, let us approach the table with hearts full of humility, gratitude, faith, and expectation. Do you, do you have, let me just ask you, this just came to my mind. Do you have an expectation for what you think Thursday is going to look like or maybe if you eat on Wednesday or whatever? Do you have an expectation what Thanksgiving is going to look like? Now, let me ask you this. Is it a, is it a negative expectation? Are you, are you like, oh, I'm not looking forward to this? Or are you like, man, I am so excited. I can't wait till we're all together. And it's going to be basically the same. No, we're all going to get together. Pastor Brady is going to tell his family to say something they're thankful for. They're all going to roll their eyes. And then we're going to eat really a lot of food. And then we're going to be tired, all right? You might think, oh, that's exactly the way it is in my house. But there's no Pastor Brady there. But, you know, same story. Do you have an expectation 
of what it's going to be like on Thanksgiving? The reason why I ask is, do you have an expectation of what it's going to be like when you come to the table today? Like when you receive this little piece of bread that represents Jesus' incarnated body that came to earth that he allowed to be broken for you? Are you, gonna, are you expect, expecting something from that? Do you have an expectation of when you receive the juice and you drink it and you realize it's a representation of Jesus' blood poured out for the forgiveness of your sin? Do you have an expectation for that? Hopefully you're not already out the door in your mind. Please don't be out the door. Stay here. Stay here until we're done. And so when they start singing, here's how it works. If you're new to our church, you'll stand up and you're going to go to your left. <laughs> you're going to come this way and you're going to receive and we're going to all go back to our seats and then we're going to wait and we'll all eat together. It's like a Thanksgiving meal. We eat together. I know you're not going to be full physically when you walk out of here after eating, but I pray you're full spiritually. I hope, hope your heart is full of hope and love and peace and joy because of what it is that he's done for you. Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church, or want to speak to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com, and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.